The views and opinions expressed by the following program are those of the host, guest, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station or the Webster Rockio Ministries, its management, or other host or underwriting sponsors. Programs presented on KWRHLP are for educational and entertainment purposes only. Welcome back to St. Louis in Tune. This is Arnold Strickler with Mark Langston. In studio, we have Lizzie Harrison, and Lizzie's going to be talking to us about domestic violence. She is from Harrison Referral Services, and they help women and children that are displaced due to domestic violence. They assist with referrals to domestic violence shelters and help in a variety of ways by providing emergency toiletries and food and clothing and things like that. They're a faith-based organization and not-for-profit. Welcome, Lizzie, to St. Louis in Tune. Oh, welcome. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Well, tell us... Tell us a little bit about uh, your ministry that you uh, have been doing for quite a long time now, correct? Yes, uh, by God's grace. Uh, Well, hello, everyone. My name is Lizzie Harrison. I am the CEO and the founder of Harrison's Referral Services for Women and Children. We are located here in St. Louis. We are a domestic violence organization. We've been in business for about 15 years. Uh, We help victims of domestic violence and their families. We place them in emergency shelters. We help them with toiletries, personal items, uh, Bible study, uh, community outreach. Uh, We have a women's support group on Wednesday nights uh, from 6 p.m. to about 8 p.m. And so uh, we just try to make sure that we can minister to those who have been marginalized through uh, domestic violence. Now, have you seen, I I know this is always on people's minds, especially with COVID-19, have you seen an uptick in this? This is, we've asked this to several different kinds of groups, groups that deal with mental health issues, mental Mm -hmm. illness, other domestic violence groups. Have you seen an uptick? Yes, very much of a spike Uh, right now because of the COVID-19 pandemic. We have realized that uh, a lot of victims are quarantined with their abusers. And uh, we just want to continue to make sure that we are voice for them, uh, those victims, uh, women, children, also men. We have men that are victims of domestic violence, too, as well. And with everything going on right now with the loss of jobs and uh, with the quarantine and different things going on like that, there has been a major, major spike uh, in abuse. Also, deaths as well. Wow. You know, Mark, one of the things that we have really committed to on the show is making sure this information gets out to people who may be in this situation. Now, you do have a hotline, correct? Yes, uh, we do have a hotline number. Uh, they can reach me at 314 314- Four eight two twenty five ninety four, or they can reach us at Harrison's Referral Services um, at yahoo.com on our email, or you can go to our website, harrisonsreferralservices.com. Now, what was the impetus behind getting Harrison Referral Services started in helping other people who are going through domestic violence? Well, I was a victim of domestic violence. And uh, I decided to turn my pain into power. Um, instead of being angry um, at myself for staying in an abusive relationship for so long, uh, I wanted to be able to reach out and to help others. And I didn't know where I was going to start. And I just went out and started ministering to people on the streets, talking to women and children, finding out what their needs were. And next thing you know, God started opening up doors uh, for me. And here I am 15 years later. Um, we also have a food pantry now, which is the Emanuel Food Pantry that's been in business now for 23 years. Wow. Uh, we feed large wow. amounts of families every week right now. We actually have three trucks just being unloaded right this moment while I'm speaking to you. So uh, we feed about two or 300 families a week. Wow. What, what a ministry, Mark. You know, there, there is such a great need right that's now wonderful. in uh, people being out of work 
And when you compound being out of work and all the things that have been going on with situations that are, are already occurring or are on the edge anyway, it just makes for a really volatile situation. So if someone calls in to the hotline or someone contacts you via email or however they get in touch with you, what, how do you normally handle things like that? What do you do? Well, first of all, I, I do an intake to find out, you know, what their needs are uh, to make sure that um, they're not uh, they're not at harm. You know, they're safe at that moment uh, when I'm talking to them, try to get an idea of what's going on with the uh, with the uh, client. And then we know how to assist them from there. Uh, sometimes if we have to get them out of the environment. Uh, we'll find a safe way to get them out of that environment so that the abuser does not know uh, what's going on. So let's talk about abuse. I know uh, we've had these conversations before defining it. It it can be a, a variety of different things. It can be emotional. It can be physical. It can be sexual. It can be economic. Uh, you know, as someone who's been in that situation yourself mm-hmm. and how you uh, deal with and as you're dealing with people and you see the things they're going through, what what kind of issues does it really rise to the surface? When, when you're discussing this with them and when you're trying to bring them out and, and in your recovery? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, first of all, it's, it's emotional mm-hmm. um, because it brings back memories. Mm-hmm. And I remember days when I was afraid and I was scared and I didn't know where to turn to and where to go. Uh, it was a really scary situation. So when the client calls, I first want to, you know, calm them down, give them that peace and assurance uh, to let them know that, you know, someone's here for them. And um, we want to let them know that, you know, it's not their fault. A lot of times they they blame themselves for the abuse or they feel that it's their fault that they're being abused. Uh, but they don't understand that it's the abuser's problem, you know, not their problem. So some of them tend to want to stay because they're attached to the abuser. It could be a husband, an intimate partner, spouse, I mean, even children. Um, um, You know, it could be your child that's actually abusing you. But a lot of times they want to stay even if their Mm. lives are um, at stake. Now, that's fascinating. I I didn't think of you know, a child being the abuser, but that could be the case. What what age group right. are you generally dealing with, or does it vary? Well, it does vary. Uh, we have a lot of um, males that are have been have been raised in abusive environments, so they grow up to abuse their own parents, mm-hmm. to abuse their own mother, wow. or to abuse their own father. And not only that, that's wow. uh, bullying plays a major part. In domestic violence as well, a lot of children don't know how to express that uh, abuse that they're seeing at home. So what they do, they'll go to school and go other places and bully other other children because that's the environment, mm-hmm. you know, that they were used to, and uh, it's very domineering. That's their norm. Yes. Ooh. And and people that want to stay in those situations, it's I, I know that there's this love. I I, I use that word a little loosely that they have for the abuser, whether they're an intimate partner, a spouse, a child, there is this connection, but and they have difficulty breaking that connection to take care of themselves. How do you help them through that? Well, let me explain. First of all, a lot of times when uh, we just say the male, the man of the house is a sole breadwinner of the home, and say the woman or the wife, she's, um, she's a stay-at-home mom. And the only income is coming in from the sole breadwinner. And a lot of times the victim 
is afraid to leave the abuser because, you know, they feel that, you know, how am I going to raise the children? How am I going to take care of everything by myself? I'm not used to, you know, taking care of everything myself. And they're afraid, so they tend to stay in the abusive relationship for the children mm-hmm. as well as the financial mm. uh, portion of it, which is we try to minister to them and tell them that, you know, you, you can't focus on on that portion of it. Your life is more important than the finances and the income. We'll have to get to that part later. Right now, the main focus is getting you all in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. And that's why most of them tend to stay because of, you know, finances. Now, do you work with uh, local law enforcement groups? At, like maybe they see a situation. Would they have a tendency to call you and say, hey, we observe this situation. We do you do they provide your service card to the to people or is yes, that- I've uh, I've given some of police officers my business cards, and they will give them out, or I'll get a hotline call, and someone will call me. Even a lot of the churches, uh, local churches that are aware of the ministry, they will give me a call if they have clients in their churches, which we have members in our churches that are victims of domestic violence. We just don't talk about it, mm-hmm. and a lot of the clergy uh. and leadership don't know how to handle domestic violence situations so they tend to send the victim back into the home with the abuser uh, saying you know you need to be more submissive or you know just let God handle it but not knowing that they're sending them back into an environment which would actually take their lives but with the police department uh, you know we do have you know conferences and meetings and things like that where we try to share the different organizations that's going on in the community that attach to domestic violence because there are police officers that deal with domestic violence cases only mm-hmm. um but uh. we do have the police to come in if we need to move those victims out of the home so that they're safe moving out their you know su- you know um belongings mm-hmm. so the abuser doesn't try to attack them or they'll detain the abuser if he or she uh is incarcerated at the moment that gives the victims a time to get all of their material and products and belongings out of the home the main focus is safety regardless of whatever happens safety is more important have some of these individuals wow. had um in in the physical physical abuse situation have they've had like previously broken bones or black eyes or those kinds of things that are going on. Have they had any of those things that... As something that you mentioned that, uh, yes, I've had clients that have been uh, shot by their abusers. Oh, wow. Um, there have been a few clients I've had that have actually lost their lives mm. because they kept going back uh, to the abuser. And um, I visited some victims of domestic violence in the hospitals uh, I just eulogized a funeral uh, in February of one of my close friends that just recently died to domestic violence. Wow. So I've, I've experienced a lot, including uh, my own disfigurement of my face and uh, different things like that. Yes, I have. I've, I've seen more than uh, my share. This is Arnold Strick with Mark Langston of St. Louis In Tune. We're talking to Lizzie Harrison of Harrison Referral Services. And Lizzie, if there was one thing that you would be saying to somebody out there who is identifying with what you're talking about and is going through a situation, whether it's emotional or uh, sexual or psychological, physical, economic, whatever the situation is, that there's some kind of domestic violence, what would you say to that person right now? Well, the first thing I would say, because I am a a Christian woman, uh, I would say, you know, to pray first and to, uh, to be calm, 
don't make decisions, you know, um, rationally. Just, you know, reach out to Harrison Referral Services or any other organization to find out what your next step is. First of all, safety is more important. Never tell your abuser that you're leaving because that spikes up the anger, uh, spikes up rage, and they could take your life immediately. A lot of times you can be set up from your abuser, you know, and not know it. We lost a lot of clients due to uh, the victim constantly going back because the abuser would get in contact with them, tell them, I love you. It was all my fault. I'm sorry. You know, especially with the COVID-19 going on, you know, I'm out of work. There's no money. You know, uh, things have changed. I'm just going through. I'm frustrated. You know, they'll use those things and the, 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 the pain and sorrow and guilt, the victim will go back. And they end up killing them. Mm. And that is the hardest part of not going back, to know that if you're being abused all this time and you're still going through abuse, whether it's verbal, mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual, or economically, always listen to your first mind to get out. There's no way you can change the abuser. There's nothing you can do for that abuser. That abuser has to first recognize that they are an abuser and that they do need help, and they will have to get that help for themselves while you are getting the help you need for yourself because if you don't, it's not going to end well. Well, how do they, if they say this, Lizzie, well, how are you going to keep me safe? If I, and I do what you say I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. uh, where are you going to house me? How am I going to stay safe? Do you do housing? No. What we do is we actually uh, place them in domestic violence shelters. Okay. We make sure they are in safe environments. And I work with a lot of different other organizations, you know, Women's Safe House, mm-hmm. Alive, and um, Karen House and different places like that, we all work together. So safety is first. That is the main norm is safety. Uh, A lot of times we try to uh, let the clients know to, you know, just stay calm. Just, you know, let things remain normal. Because if you don't, it's going to trigger, you know, uh, to the abuser that something's going on. And a lot of times, if you if 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 you pay attention to what's going on now, there's a lot of abusers not only taking their lives, they're taking the whole family. Right. And now with the COVID-19 pandemic, with the quarantine, uh, the loss of jobs, the loss of income, uh, the social distancing, um, a lot of the abusers are, are drinking more alcohol. They're doing more drugs. They don't know how to cope with the pandemic. They don't know how to cope with the isolation. Usually the abuser is the one that isolates the victim. But now the abuser, him or herself, is also been isolated. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting perspective. You know, your number, again, is, correct me if I'm wrong, 314-482-2594? That's correct. Okay, folks, that's 314-482-2594. And you also go out and talk to businesses about this and, and churches and uh, a variety of other groups about domestic violence, correct? Yes, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, I am a keynote speaker. Uh, I do motivational speaking workshops and seminars. Uh, I just recently had two citywide uh, conferences here in St. Louis. Um, I'm wanting more churches to get in contact with me so that I can come to their churches and speak about domestic violence and how the leadership can handle domestic violence cases among their church members. A lot of the church members don't know how to express themselves or don't know how to go to clergy or to leadership to say, hey, I'm going uh-huh. through abuse. The husband can be the deacon. He can be the elder. He can maybe be the pastor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my. And a lot of times when the 
uh, the women or the men, whoever's the victim is, go to the pastor or clergy and tell them they're going through abuse. They don't know how to handle it. So the first thing they say is pray, you know, be more submissive and go home and let God handle it. But no, we're in a whole new different day and age now. It's not that simple. Right. Um, and so clergy don't really know how to handle that. So I want to be able to uh, have workshops and seminars to educate clergy on how to deal with domestic violence in their churches with their church members, because you're going to have to handle it. You're going to have to deal with it. You can't push it off. It's a part of your responsibility as leadership in the churches. You can't just blow it off. And uh, there's sexual abuse with the children. There's uh, pedophiles and all these different things that are going on. And we don't want to discuss it. We don't want to talk about it because the leader or the abuser is the pastor, is the deacon of the church. Right. So we tend to push it under the rug and we don't want to talk about it, but we will be held accountable because these victims need a voice. And if we keep turning them away, then you're going to see a, a bigger, higher rate of suicide. That's and right. that's why a lot of our young people, you notice now they're committing suicide at 9 and 10 and 12 years old, things we never heard of before. It's because of what they're exposed to in their homes. Not only that, they're being bullied at their school. They got domestic violence at home, domestic violence at school. Uh, the church can't handle it, so they don't know where to go. Have you ever had kids call the, the hotline? Uh, no, we have not, but I have spoken to some children and some families uh, about things that are going on in their home. Uh, actually, uh, you know, I've taken in uh, a couple of children here and there, you know, because of the situations at home were dangerous, mm -hmm. where um, one of the victims, the, the husband, was trying to rape the mother in front of the children mm. at gunpoint. Mm. And now the boys don't even have respect for their own mother. They, they treat the mother and talk to her and abuse her verbally, and physically the same way the father does. Mm. And then they have to go to school, and the school has to deal with that. Right. Oh, my. It, it all mm. comes full circle. There, There is uh, those kind of behaviors. And behavior, and, and you observe what you, what you have in your family, and that's what your norm is. Exactly. And that's who you become. That's why many abusers uh, have been abused. And... Mm -hmm. That's uh, it, a tough thing for kids. If if a a mom is going through a situation, she's got several kids, and she thinks, well, man, I've got to take them out of that situation too, but I can't hardly do that because I can't hardly call your organization and get help because I've got kids along with me. What do you do in those situations? Okay, well, the, the shelters, they also take the women and the children. Now, if they have boys um, ages, what, usually uh, 14 and over, they won't allow the boys to come into the shelter with the mom because they consider them at a certain age, right. you know, to, um, I would say, close not, to a, you know, appropriate. exactly, adulthood too as well. And mm -hmm. a lot of times if those males have seen abuse in the homes, they will more likely to contact mm -hmm. the abuser. Right. And so that's why the shelters have a certain age limit when it comes to the male boys. Um, not saying that the females at that age, but they're more attached to, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, to mm -hmm. the mother. Mm -hmm. But they do have facilities where the whole family can come together. Mm -hmm. uh, it just depends on what the situation is and how many children uh, that the client has. Now, sometimes the shelters are full. Now, October is Domestic Violence Month. That's usually when all the abusers want to come home right before the wintertime comes, which is a totally different 
subject. Um, and hopefully in the future, I want to be able to talk about another form of domestic violence, which is narcissism, which is narcissistic abuse, which is NPD. But that's another whole form of domestic violence, but it has to be broken down. But there are places for, for women and the children to go to be safe. So. Wow. Mark, this is a, a, again, every time we talk about this topic, it just uh, hits home. Right. It, it goes right to the core of where people are and what is going on in their lives that these things are happening. Can you give us some success stories uh, that you that are kind of on your mind that you can pull right out? Obviously, we don't want names or a lot of details or anything like that, but where individuals have come to your uh, Harrison Referral Services, have sought assistance, and have worked through these situations you don't get over them you kind of work through them Mm -hmm. and are able to then deal with them the best you can yes well we have a lot of survivors that uh, are involved in harrison referral services they do outreach you know we help the homeless Uh, we have some that um, have been able to escape the abusers Uh, they uh, have steady jobs they're independent now Um, some of them are uh, involved in church ministries and different things like that we also teach you know bible study uh to them as well but there's i'm a success story that's why i'm i am here right right (laughs) and so uh but yes there's a lot of ladies and men that have escaped this situation and are doing so much better in their lives right now and that i stay in contact with on a regular basis actually some of them are actually my volunteers uh at our food pantry right now so wow excellent we're talking to Lizzie Harrison from Harrison's Referral Service. Their phone number needs assistance in domestic violence, 314-482-2594, 314-482-2594, or you can go to harrisonreferralservices.com, harrisonreferralservices.com. Lizzie, we thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you so much. It's a very important topic, and uh, let's get you back in October and when mm-hmm. we can talk a little bit more Absolutely. about uh, Domestic Violence Month yeah. and some awareness mm-hmm. okay. and uh, what you're doing with the narcissism, that's kind of that would be interesting to talk about. Yeah. Yes, uh, that's going to oh, yeah. take several <laughs> sessions, but I want to be able to come because that is another form of domestic violence that nobody's talking about. So this is a whole no, other portion, and we need to make sure people understand about MPD. Sounds great. Right. Well, folks, if you, you miss any of uh, this particular show, you can go to SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, and we will be posting this on there. And you, you can also send this to some of your friends. An important topic, maybe you know a friend, uh, maybe you know a family member that is involved in some domestic violence situation, and you can assist them by giving them information about this program and maybe even having them call Harrison Referral Services, 314-482-2594. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston of St. Louis in Tune. You'll have been listening to KWRH 92.9 FM, your community radio station in Webster Groves, Missouri.